Our scripture reading this morning is found in the book of Acts and in the book of Corinthians. So we'll be starting in Acts chapter 26, and then we'll be moving to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Acts chapter 26, starting at verse 14. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Is it hard for you to kick against the goads? Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. The Lord replied, Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from the darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then King Acraba was not disobedient to the vision from heaven first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and to the Gentiles also. I preached that they should repent and turn to God, and prove their repentance by their deeds. Let's move to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse, starting at verse 24. Five times I received... Sorry, five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in dangers from bandits, in dangers from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger in the sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Let the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Good morning. My hands are cold, so. Uh, Today, we will be discussing about faith. Continuing the message that we started. Faith, now about Paul. On the screen, we see how this all began. Faith is a confidence in what we hope for, an assurance about what we see or what we do not see. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. What we read earlier on the scripture is basically the narration of Paul to the listeners at that time. What happened to him? 
the message given by God to him conveyed to those listeners. But in Acts, we go back, is the exact thing that happened between him and God and the people around him. I want us to go back there because it's basically what is key to this message. In Acts 9, Paul's name before was Saul. Before he became Paul, Saul was a harsh guy. Acts chapter 9, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Way is a group of people, believers in Christ. And therefore, he's the kind of person, as he believed during Saul's time, that he would destroy, because they're called the heretics on his side. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now, get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard a sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand in Damascus. Three days he did not see, and three days he did not eat or drink. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on a straight city and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. For he is praying in a vision. He has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Sorry, my control. <laughs> Lord, Ananias answered. I have many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who, ca- who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up. And be baptized, or was baptized. 
Big difference. In Acts 26, Paul's narration of the discussion between specific discussions. But in this case, you have different people involved. You have Ananias, who was also instrument to, to Paul, uh, and to, by God, that uh, kind of doubtful. He's a murderer. Why will I help him? You have people with him, with Paul, or Saul at that time, that saw, uh, heard something but did not see anything. Are they dreaming? They're questions. And then you have the high priests who gives authority to kill, to imprison believers in Christ. These are the people involved before Paul's great fate as we know him now. Who is Paul? Born of the purest Jewish blood, Philippians 3.5. Further privilege of being born of a, as a Roman citizen. Son of a Pharisee. Cradled in Orthodox Judaism. Completed studies under the famous Gamaliel. Superior, zealous student. Absorbed not only teaching of the Old Testament, but also the rabbinical learning of the scholars. That's how big time he is. That's how learned he is. He had fate. Fate in the wrong way. That's why people were afraid of him. Believers. Stephen. He died with his signature on. It's very questionable if you look at Paul's background of before. But Christ did not give up. He took Paul personally in his hands. You might find this illustration that I'm going to read funny and humorous. But read between lines and see the repercussions. A Chinese man and a Jewish man were eating lunch together. Suddenly, without warning, the Jew gets up, walks over to the Chinese fellow and smashes him in the mouth, sending him sprawling. The Chinese man picks up himself, rubs his jaw and asks, What in the world did you do that for? And the answer comes back, for Pearl Harbor. So Pearl Harbor, for, especially for young people, if you don't know that, World War II, Pearl Harbor was a key place between the Japanese, Americans, and part of it, the Philippines. So for Pearl Harbor, his response totally astonishing. In astonishment, Pearl Harbor, I didn't have anything to do with Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. It was a Japanese that bombed the Pearl Harbor. The Jew responds, Chinese, Japanese, Taiwanese, they're all the same to me. With that, they both sat down again. And before too long, the Chinese man gets up, walks over to the Jew and sends him flying with a hard slap to the jaw. 
The Jew yells out, What did you do that for? And the answer comes back, The Titanic. The Titanic? Why? I didn't have anything to, that, to do with the Titanic. Whereupon the Chinese man replies, Goldberg, Feinberg, Iceberg, they're all the same to me. <laughs> Very humorous, right? But the key here is the knowledge of the person. What we have in our head and in our mind, that we react and we do steps. That's kind of funny in a sense, but dangerous on one side. Imagine slapping somebody without knowing the background as to what it is. Paul had the same situation. He was in the, that situation. He learned a lot. He learned rabbinical laws. He learned, you know, the master of the Old Testament. But he used it in the wrong way. He looked at Christians and believers and followers of Christ as to be heretics. So he started punishing them, putting them into prison, slapping their face, I'm pretty sure. It's a mindset. And therefore we have to be careful. So what do we learn from this? Christ, with the acquaintance of Paul, in Damascus, or on the way to Damascus, Christ will always be in control. The characters in what we have read are Paul, persecutor of Christians, Ananias, who questioned and doubted, but ultimately followed. A man traveling with Saul heard but saw no one. The chief priest who gives authority to arrest and even kill believers. Over and above that, Christ, Jesus, is in control. Secondly, Christ Jesus, his powerful way of conversion. It might be different amongst, amongst us here, but definitely Paul, Saul, got what he deserves. Surprisingly, he extended Paul's life to be used. He could, God could easily just in a snap say, stop persecuting me. Instead, the question of, why are you persecuting me? And thirdly, Christ Jesus' forgiveness. That's how powerful the faith is that developed from Saul to Paul. Right after that, Paul was sent to the ministry. We read, uh, we read earlier uh, 2 Corinthians 11, 24-28. And this is what happens. Five times, what happened? He received 40 lashes minus one from the Jews. It's funny how it, it is, right? 40 times he received 40 lashes. Five times he received lashes minus one. Why is there minus one stated there? It's kind of a mathematical com computation. I don't know how to compute that, but it's basically giving us the information on how he suffered from his own. Three times beaten with rods. 
once pelted with stones, three times shipwrecked, spent a night and a day in an open sea. This is after the conversion. Being constantly on the move, being in danger from rivers, dangers from bandits, danger from my fellow Jews, uh, danger from Gentiles, uh, danger in the city, danger in the country, danger in the sea, at sea. And danger from false believers. Imagine danger from the Jews were in, when he was Saul, he was killing for them. Now he is at danger from them. Labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. Have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. Been cold and naked. These are the things that Paul went after the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Lastly, face daily the pressure of concern for all the churches. I believe he understood that these are the things that he will be going through. There was a discussion between him and Christ going, uh, when he was going to Damascus. And that was the discussion. You will suffer. You will feel this. And that was a warning. If we continue on, is Paul really boasting about this when he wrote it? Not really. He was just giving his life to tell us. In Corinthians as well, in chapter 12, this is what he said. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan, of of Satan, to torment me. Imagine, he has this particular torment. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, do you remember? My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect. In weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Before, Paul, Saul, was believing about the law only. He knows about the promise, the coming of the Messiah, but he was more focusing on the law of God. The promises, this is in Galatians, as he said, the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scriptures does not say, and to seeds, meaning many people, but to your seed, meaning to one person who is Christ. What I mean is this. The law introduced 430 years later does not set aside the covenant previously established by God and thus do away with the, with the promise. It does not set aside. For him, it was set aside what he believed in. 
For if the inheritance depends on the law, then it no longer depends on the promise. But God, in his grace, gave it to Abraham through a promise. Why then was the law given to all? It was added because of the transgressions until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. The law was given through angels and entrusted to a mediator. A mediator, however, implies more than one party, but God is one. Faith in Christ is basically the key to all these things that happened to Paul. Again in Galatians, he wrote, So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. Types of faith for Saul. Saul the Jew, he had a truth, but partial truth. He understood the law, full-pledged, but with hatred. Hatred to heretics like Christians at that time. And I believe even until now, hatred to Christians is high. That's why we need to continue on with our faith and be strong as to what happened with Paul. Now we have Paul the convert. The truth as a whole. The law with Christ put together the promise. And love now with grace and forgiveness. This is key to Paul's fate. The warning is, in Paul's situation, God, uh, God or Jesus Christ dealt with him directly. We pray and hope that this will not be for us. Because when Christ directly involves himself, it will not be an easy task. The challenges will be bigger than what we can deal now as believers in Christ to change or to follow him. When Christ deals with us personally, it is something of a challenge. Paul's accomplishments after this. His labors firmly planted churches in the strategic centers of Galatia, Asia, Macedonia, Ikea. I'm sorry, Achaia, not Ikea. <laughs> I apologize. Achaia. <laughs> well, it would be good too if he's there, right? <laughs> While his plans for work at Rome and in Spain reveal his imperial missionary strategy. That's how successful Paul became. Even with all the, the, the pain, even with all the sickness he has, these are all his successes. His fate as Paul. His foresight led him to select and train strong young workers 
to carry on the work after him. He was even still able to train people. It was primarily through his agency that the worldwide destiny of Christianity was established, liberated from the yoke of legalism. Imagine when he was Paul, everything was to being legal. Suddenly, it's changed as Paul. His um, epistolary writings, formulating, interpreting, and applying the essence of Christian theology and practice. His theology was rooted in his own revolutionary experience with Christ. He saw man's inability to attain righteousness through his own efforts, which he was doing before, but realized that God had provided a way of salvation, wholly out of grace and love in Christ Jesus, available to faith in him alone. He also saw that the gospel made strenuous ethical demands upon the life and conduct of a believer. The essence of the Christian life for Paul was union with Christ, him he loved and served, and yearned from his imminent return. What is Christian conversion? What is Christian conversion to Paul and maybe to us? Christian conversion, like Paul's, is linked to the person of Jesus Christ. It is rooted in fact, not just wishful thinking. Jesus demonstrated that he had the credentials to be called the unique Son of God. He challenged men and women to put their faith in him, that they might know God and what life is all about. In John 10.10, Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. When a person puts his faith in Jesus Christ, he enters into a personal relationship with the God Almighty, which results in changes taking place in his life. Besides the fact that Christian conversion is based upon something objective, which is the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, there is also the the universality of Christian experience that must be considered. From the time of Jesus until today, people from every conceivable background, culture, and intellectual stance, as you can see in this room right now, have been converted by the person of Jesus Christ. Some of the vilest individual, like Saul in this case, whoever walked the face of the earth, have become some of the most wonderful saints after trusting Jesus Christ Now Paul. Christian experience offers real hope and and full of life. Next week, we will be closing the discussion or the sharing about about faith. But we will be closing it with a blast. Because we will be talking about the author and the perfecter of faith. So before I close, I just would like to share about 
the theory of, of God's existence. Imagine a family of mice who lived all their lives in a large piano. To them, in their piano world, came the music of the instrument, filling all the dark spaces with sound and harmony. At first, the mice were impressed by it. They drew comfort and wonder from the thought that there was someone who made the music. Though invisible to them, above yet close to them. So imagine the family of mice under the piano, listening to the music and thinking, wow, who created that music? Who's playing the music? We cannot see. We're in the dark and we're at the bottom. Then one day, a daring mouse climbed up part of the piano and returned very thoughtful. He had found out how the music was made. Wires were the secret. I think I have one picture. There it is. Wires were the secret. Tightly stretched wires of graduated lengths which trembled and vibrated. They must revise all their beliefs now. None but the most conservative could any longer believe in the un- un- of the unseen player. Later, another explorer carried the explanation further. Hammers were now the secret. Numbers of hammers dancing and leaping of the, on the wires. This was a more complicated theory. But it all went to show that they lived in a purely mechanical and mathematical world. The unseen player came to be thought of as a myth. But the pianists continued to play. Paul's belief in God at that time was, you know, was more of a hammer, was more of a string tied together. He never had seen the real God if Christ did not personally deal with him or dealt with him. He could have not seen the unseen player of the music. But Christ will continue on. The pianist will continue to play. Christ's Christianism will continue as he promised. God will continue until Jesus Christ comes back. As I said, next week, it will be a blast before, because we will be giving honor to the person or to the author and perfecter of our faith. God bless. Uh, can I ask everyone to stand, please? I got so excited to go through with the that I forgot to pray. At least we'll be catching up 
at the end of a prayer. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for this day, and thank you, Lord, for the reminder of Paul's fate. He did not start well, but he ended up perfect in your eyes. He ended up with weakness, but actually with your strength. Help us, Lord, to be following his footsteps, but with your strength. And this we pray in Jesus' name.